Welcome along to another episode of your Manchester United Fix. It's been a while, but we are back ahead of what looks to be a busy schedule for Manchester United as we return after that international break. And we'll quickly just touch on that because only one Manchester United player involved during that international break for England, that is. Harry Maguire, we saw him playing a back three, score two goals in two matches, Brad. What did you think of his celebration to begin with? Yeah, I think the celebration is probably the the, the more notable uh, aspect in, in the game that happened against Albania. Uh, I mean, first of all, he's a great header, you know, give him some credit. But I, I say it every time with when, when Roy Keane speaks, I find it difficult to to go against what he says. I, f- I feel like he just speaks really well and speaks facts. And he just speaks like like my mind would think, like he's not really shutting up anyone by banging in a, a header out of a 5-0 win against Albania, is he? You know, he's not shutting up his critics and that's what his celebration seemed to seem to make it out. And if anyone's not seen the celebration, it's a very odd one, actually, because he, he first of all, you know, points his fingers in his ears as if, as if to say, I can't hear what you're talking about me. But then he opens his hands around his ears which makes him sound like he wants to hear the hate so which one do you want harry do you want to do you want to hear the hate or do you not want to hear the hate i'm not too sure what you mean it was a very you know it was a very difficult celebration to actually understand and you know it was just overall a bit over the top and silly really it was almost like a striker's celebration when they've not scored for 10 games and they stick one in the top corner and they run over to the fans and silence them but yeah, Roy Keane, you're not really going to argue with someone of his stature, are <laughs> no, you? But certainly not. When we we saw Maguire playing in that back three, and it seemed to suit him very well. And it's something that United have tried on different occasions. He's usually in the centre of that. He wasn't in the centre of it. He was on the left side for the first game, and he's on the right side of it against San Marino. What do you think to that aspect of his game, playing in a back three rather than a back two? Well, it worked, didn't it, against Spurs? But I feel like you could have put about... 10 cats and dogs out against Spurs and, and, and you still would have had a great chance of winning. Um, so, yeah, and United haven't really been able to try three at the back. They gave it a go in Atalanta, didn't they? But then Varane got injured after half an hour. So you can't really judge it on half an hour either. I think, you know, to really get a good grasp of what's going on, you've got to have a look across a six or eight game span. You can't really just judge after one mediocre performance that was made to look brilliant by a woeful Tottenham Hotspur that you can't really make many judgments off that. So, but against England, like Maguire's had experience playing in a three, whether it be him stones and Walker or him stones and Reese James uh, out on that right back and then Trent as a right wing back. Um, But it seems to work, doesn't it? Especially when he's got Luke Shaw on his left, because those two just know what they're doing that, you know, they're in good sync uh, well, well, they were good, were in good sync. They've not really been at their best, either of them, have they, this season? But Maguire, he looks comfortable in, in a back three. I mean, we say he looks comfortable, and you say that Spurs were fairly easy opponents, but we played Albania and San Marino. It doesn't come much easier than that. And if you don't keep, keep clean sheets against them, then who are you going to keep clean sheets against? So I guess we'll find that out in the future of what he's going to be like. Well, that moves us on to Watford on Saturday and thinking how about we're going to line up and who's going to be involved in that squad. First of all, what kind of shape do you think we're going to go with that one? Is it going to be another three slash five at the back or are we going to revert back to that four? Such a tough, tough decision that Solskjaer has on his hands because 
you can't really, you know, Eric Bailly, he will have one excellent performance out of 10. You just don't know which one's going to happen. Like, um, he's just not really reliable, uh, especially in a back three. Maguire and Shaw weren't on the same page against Manchester City for Bernardo Silva's goal. Uh, Varane is still out injured. Lindelof was, was seen a clip of him in Sweden on international break. He does not look match fit at all. Uh, I, I think he his error led to a goal that they conceded. Um, so I feel like they'll just go. Solskjaer needs to go back to go back to what he trusted, which was the four two three one. Fred and McTominay as the CDMs. Um, Wan right back, centre backs pairing of Lindelof, Maguire, and then Shaw. Fernandez sitting in front of um, McFred, and then I feel like he'll go with Greenwood, Rashford, and Ronaldo. Do I? That's what I think Solskjaer will choose. Do I think those players deserve another chance? No, those players have had plenty of chances now. Liverpool. They were god-awful. Manchester City, it was painful. You know, Gary Neville called it a silent annihilation. It's exactly what Manchester City did to United that day in the derby. Um, I personally think it's time to bring back Lingard, put him into the team. Because a lot of people are forgetting here that Lingard against West Ham got the winner. Um, this was after after the uh, after the, the nightmare in Switzerland when he passed back and the young boys capitalised and scored. He got the winner then. He got the assist for Ronaldo's goal in the Villarreal. He's making things happen, but he, he's only played 30 minutes or something like that co- combined. Um, it's, it's, I feel like it's just time for a, a few fresh faces that are probably going to play for him. We keep mentioning that Manchester City performance, even though we agreed to never mention it ever again and just forget that it happened. But it does make you think that is this the time in the season where these players, they deserve their chance. You look at Donny, you look at Jesse, like you said, to come in and make a point. And a game like Watford, obviously Ranieri's come in, they got a win against Everton, but they've lost their previous two by 1-0 against Arsenal and Southampton. So it shows that they are... A solid outfit, but it does offer chances. And if we can create them spaces, especially with that 4 2 3 1, that these new players, well, I say new players because they've barely played this season, but to come in and, and stamp their place in this team. Yeah. And, you know, Vicarage Road is no easy place for Manchester United to go. The last time they were there, they lost 2 um, 0. So it, it's it's a difficult place to go, uh, especially when they've got a new manager, which seems to be every other month. So you can't really plan to to play against a certain style of play because you just don't quite know what's going to happen, do you really? Um, <clears throat> but it's not been a nice place for them to go to. Uh, and it certainly won't be a nice place to, to travel to on the weekend as well. You know, Watford will be looking to pick up at least a point here. They'll be thinking, you know, United are in this terrible run of form. They're coming to our place. We, we need to start getting points on the board as well because you've got Burnley and Norwich now picking up wins. You know, that, that bottom three is looking a little bit tasty with Aston Villa and Leeds. Uh, and even Brentford getting dragged into that because they're on four wins, uh, four losses in a row, sorry. So they could easily start to get dragged into that. There's quite a few teams there that will be thinking we need to start picking up points wherever possible because January and December are approaching and who knows what happens during those months when you've got three or four games each week. Yeah, well, that's it. You look at the the games that are coming up for all teams in the division, it doesn't seem that any game is an easy game anymore. You look at 
the five new managers that's been brought in. As I spoke to you, I told you about this, the last international break. This is where the managers are going to be chopping and changing five new managers into the Premier League. And obviously that's going to have an effect. Steven Gerrard, Norwich with a new appointment. It's going to make results happen. And it means that there's no easy teams to play. And if you look past this Watford game and past the Villarreal game, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, and then Norwich as we build up into December, it doesn't get much easier. We all, we all, we commented on the run before saying that that was a difficult run and it didn't go too well in our favour, obviously, apart from that Tottenham result. But it doesn't mean it's going to get any easier as we build up to Christmas. No, it won't get easier. And it almost doesn't matter who you play against over Christmas because you're playing that many games of football. It turns into a sort of fitness test. It doesn't matter what type of skill on the ball you've got turns into stamina versus stamina and fitness versus sprinting. And, you know, it doesn't really matter what type of players you've got as long as they can run and they can stay fit over that, that busy period of football. Um, but I think what does kind of help Manchester United in a way is that obviously there's only a couple more games left in the Champions League now so that they'll only be competing in the Premier League. No Carabao Cup for them. Uh, and, and the FA Cup, they'll find out who, who they place in who they face in January uh, in the first week of December. They'll figure out who, they, who they're going to play on that 10th of January, I think that weekend is. Um, so, you know, that's the, uh, I guess you can call it a positive going out of the Carabao Cup early if you've got lots of busy games um, still to come. But like I said, it's, it's fitness at the end of the day for these festive games. Speaking of fitness, let's just revert back to the team we think about on Saturday. You obviously gave me your verdict of having McTominay and Fred in the centre midfield. Would do you think that Matic deserves a place in there, or do you think Donny deserves a place in there? Does he need to move higher up the pitch? Because then you've got Jaden, who in my eyes deserves to start as well. Because if you look at the statistics in terms of running and things like that, he's up there, he's up on the leaderboards, and he's not even played that much game time either. So, as these players, and obviously the question surrounding the whole whole team is where do they all fit in? We've got so many world class players, where do they all fit in to the squad? And I guess this is what we need to find out. But in terms of that centre midfield area, who who are yours? I think I think it's gonna be. I, I would I would quite like to see a Van der Beek and McTominay in there. Um, I don't think Matic. Not necessarily. See, I'd quite like to see Donny and Matic. Donny and Matic. I just don't think there's enough defensive protection there at all because of Nemanja's aging legs and Donny will want to get forward you've got to remember um and we, we've not even mentioned anyone we've not even mentioned Paul Pogba yet which is you know kind of says it all and he's injured now so he's not you know he's not in the in the team selection but he's not even someone you'd even be thinking about having in your team at the minute out of the way that he's been playing but it looks like he could be out until potentially in the into the new year which is a big a big blow for selection choices not not really you know, starting eleven decision making, but I think I think it's a huge blow. But does it Van does Beek. it make the decision making a bit easier for yeah, Solskjaer? Yeah, but, because obviously Paul Pogba is a world class name. Yeah, we know he's a great player. And don't want to leave him out either. Day. But yeah, and you don't want as well Pogba on that left wing now. You know, he was starting to cause issues for elect selection choices over Rashford, which meant either Greenwood or Sancho had to miss out. 
um, or both of them at times. They both had their time on the bench. Um, so in that in that case, yeah, it does make it Solskjaer's job a bit easier, but it just means he's got one less one less option on the bench to come and to come and save the day. Yeah, and it's interesting when you were talking about Eric Bailly at centre back because I was sat in hairdressers today, and hairdresser was an Arsenal fan. Guy came in, he was a United fan. And they're all laughing and joking. Eric Bay was probably one of the names who got brought up first. And everyone was laughing and joking about his own goals, this, that, the other, the way he plays. But everyone can agree that they, they adore his character. And a lot of people would argue that they need you need someone like that in the back line, that he gives off vibes of Vidic and Ferdinand, who just, if and yep, stand it, if the ball's there, they're going to put their head on it. They're going to get in the way of it. They're going to do anything they can to stop the other team scoring. And Bay does show many, many aspects in his game of that. But obviously, then you've got the other side to him that you just think, just, just calm it down a few notches. You don't really need to do that. You don't need to stick your leg out into that one and accidentally put it into your own net. So it does make you wonder who the defenders are going to be. But like I say, Varane is a key part in that defence now. And I think he's not been at the club long, but he's already established how much of a key figure he is in that defence. The thing is, the thing is with Bailly, though, is he knows, he, he knows himself that he can be this acrobatic, creative centre-half, but he doesn't seem to know when to turn it off in a way. Like he doesn't seem to know when to... Oh, my God. My, I don't know if you can hear that, but my desktop is making all sorts of noises and updates. Uh, but back to Eric Bailly. Um, he, he, he just seems to constantly be in this like playful defensive style, and he doesn't seem to just know to do is isn't priority job first. It seems like if he can do an acrobatic goal saving, dive, jumping, head flinging save, then he will be doing that every day of the week rather than just clearing it with your right foot 60 yards up the pitch. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing I think with Bay is that he needs to recognize when to do those things, when to make those types of challenges, or can I do just do this simpler? Can I do this a lot more simple? And he, I feel like he kind of needs Maguire just to shout at him and say, Eric, get it up, sort of thing, rather than these. The, the worst one was the City one. I mean, he could have easily just passed it out of out of the box. Why is he jumping and trying to flick it over his head and all this, and it's gone in his own net? There's so many other options he had, and that's the issue with Bay. Yeah, he's got this great char- character, and I can see him being absolutely so influential in the changing rooms, but on the pitch... Just just do keep it simple. Keep it simple. Well, I really hope no one clips up you saying, Eric, get it up. But <laughs> it does remind you of Herelio Gomez in a way, the old Tottenham keeper who he could pull off some epic diving saves that you never thought he would save, but then the one that's straight down the middle, he just seemed to let it in. And it sort of does give you similar characteristics of that. But let's move from defense to the top of the pitch. Would you go? Obviously, when you mentioned the 4 2 3 1, you're going one up top. And I, without a doubt, I imagine that is Cristiano Ronaldo. But did you like having the two up top with Ronaldo and Cavani and that what that offered to the team? Or are you just sticking with, with Ronnie? Yeah, I think, well, no, I did, I, did, I did enjoy that Ronaldo and Cavani link up. And I think it could be, could be used again against Watford. But you'd almost have to go to 4-4-2 and you're not going to drop Fernandez, are you? 
because it's not going to be a Fernandez and Fred or Fernandez and McTominay midfield because it's just not. Well, we've not seen it. We haven't seen a four four two, so you could try it, but it ends up being a four two four in a way, doesn't it? Um, but I do think I do think he'll stick with the one up top, and it will be Ronaldo. Um, but I, I would quite like to see Jesse Lingard out on the right, maybe for once, or, or even on the left and cutting in on his. On, on his right foot, because he can be dangerous from those types of areas. And that's where he scored the goal against West Ham, actually, from that left-hand side, cutting in and then smashing it. Um, so it, that's the issue, isn't it? You know, you two years ago, you were saying, oh, it doesn't matter. No one can come off the bench and make a difference. But now there's that many players that you can't pick a starting lineup with confidence. You know, if you if they were on the back of six wins, you'd probably be able to pick a starting 11, but they're not. They're on the back of two heavy defeats to, to, to some of their their biggest rivals. And that's why it's so difficult to choose a starting eleven for this weekend, especially after a two-week, two-and-a-half-week break. You just don't know what you what to expect. Which, in a sense, isn't a massive problem. It's a good problem to have, in a sense, because, like I said, two years ago, the squad was nowhere near what it was now. And Solskjaer really has worked wonders to achieve what he did with that team and build the squad that he has at his disposal now. And obviously, the last stage is to just find that winning team and find the winning method that's going to get results because, you, like you say, against rivals, it's, it's kind of looked nowhere near at the moment. So it does this make this game even more interesting, the way he's going to line up. And if he can get that win, I don't think it will make too much difference in terms of upcoming games, but it's a start. And that's what every team needs in to build confidence and to build a winning run is a start. And I think this Watford game could definitely be a start as you look towards Arsenal and that Chelsea game just before that. But even before them two, Villarreal in the Champions League, because this is getting a lot tighter than anyone would have hoped at the beginning of the season, this group that Manchester United are in. And if they're not careful, things could go from, from bad to worse. And we know that Villarreal, from when they played at Old Trafford, they're going to be tough. They're going to be t- hard teams to beat, especially away from home. Yeah, they will be tough to beat. And just to give you a picture of that group F at the minute, United sit top on seven points, but not by goal difference, because I believe it goes on head to head now. Um, so United on seven, Villarreal also on seven, uh, and then Atalanta on five. United travel to Villarreal in the midweek, and if, if they don't pick up a point there, Villarreal will be all but through. Uh, they'll, they'll be on 10, uh, and Atalanta, you'd think, would beat Young Boys, so they'd be on eight. And that would put Man United back into the Europa League spot. Obviously, that last game is against the Young Boys, and Villarreal versus Atalanta have to play each other, but then they would just need a point each to go through. So that could be very easy to, to, to get done as well. So you kind of be thinking here, you can't come away with, you can't leave Spain without a point if you're United on Tuesday night, you can't. So they're going to have to be at their best against the Villarreal side, who we know have caused them issues in the past. You know, Dan Juma probably should have had a hat-trick at Old Trafford last month. Uh, and... and we all know what happened in Poland, didn't we? You know, the United never really got close to them at all. And I know it's different when it's a one-off game rather than a group stage game, but United really can't afford to slip up here. Well, when you compare it to the other English teams in their leagues as well, City at the top of their group, obviously with PSG and Leipzig in it, something that United struggled really hard to achieve last year, of course, coming third in that one. Liverpool unbeaten in their Champions League group. And you just look at United and it's so much closer than anyone would have expected. 
But when you look in terms of going through into the group knock into the knockout stage, sorry, and who we could come up against in that, whether it's a home or away fixture or finishing third and heading into Europa League, does the Europa League give more chance of winning silverware or is it Champions League that you want? Everybody wants to see United in the Champions League, no matter who you're playing coming up against the best teams. And if you fall at the first hurdle, you fall at the first hurdle, but at least you gave it a go. I think Manchester United fans will be fed up of the Europa League. They've been in it too much. You think the the last knockout game they had was in Solskjaer's interim season against Barcelona in the Champions League, and they didn't really stand a chance then. So United will be thinking here, look, if we can get through this period, get through this tough period, who knows what manager will be in charge in February? You have no idea. So you'll be thinking, just get through, just get us through to the to the to the knockouts. And if we have a different manager in charge, we have a different manager in charge, and everything could could be turned on its head. But if you still have Solskjaer, then you're thinking, all right, well, this it could the Champions League be the be the kind of safe haven for Solskjaer if he can pull off a few results? Because you've got to remember, Solskjaer in his past has had some. Uh, really good one-off games. It's not really been based off form, and that's what the Champions League has. I'm not saying that they're going to go on this magical Champions League run and 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 lift the trophy in the end of May, but I'm just saying it can present that type of opportunity. And we all know Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not going to let his Manchester United side play in the Europa League, and he certainly won't want to be playing in it. He's missed the Champions League, not missed the Europa League. It's just he won't want to be playing in that at all. So, you know... Their, their chance to win the Europa League was last season and they should be building on that this season, which they have built on. They're in the Champions League, but they can't be dropping back into it like they did 12 months ago or else where have they really progressed? They're nowhere, they're nowhere near the title. They're nowhere near the Champions League because they're in the Europa League knockouts and they're still without a trophy. So there's no progress there if you look at that. So only one, only one result that needs to happen, and that's for this Manchester United team to, to get through to the knockouts. Who knows who you face? You could, you could get anyone. You re- it really is a pick of the bunch, isn't it? So anything could happen, but they have to make it to the next rounds. I still think Solskjaer will be in charge when this comes round. And I think he knows more than anyone how to win a Champions League as a player. He just needs to turn that into as a manager. And he's got a team full of ex-winners of the competition now in Varane and Ronaldo and, and Cavani, who's been involved in the competition in huge games under that immense pressure. So it's true. And when you look at group stages like this that test the character of the players and they've had to come from behind, they've had to win by the grit of their teeth with last-minute goals, and it makes you look forward and it makes you more hungry for when the, when the knockout stage comes and who you're going to play. And I really do think that, like you mentioned earlier, there's no Carabao Cup. The FA Cup is going to begin shortly, but it gives you that hunger and a bit more desire to go on and compete in that. And I, I probably asked a very daft question when I referred to the Europa League as an opportunity silverware, because like you said, no one's going to want to be in the Europa League. In their right mind, would want to be in the Europa League after the few years. So, yeah, the Champions League. But we've got to obviously get past Villarreal and Young Boys before we can actually look forward to enjoying some knockout football. So if we just look at the Chelsea and the Arsenal game, the Arsenal game should be an interesting one, actually. It's on the Tuesday night at Old Trafford, 8.15 kickoff. And I think, from my point of view, that is the game that's the must-win. Chelsea, they're playing well. They're at the top of the league. They've, they've started the season well, and they look very strong outfit. Arsenal didn't have the best start. 
a lot of people were putting them down at the beginning, yet they've turned it round and they sit one place above United in the league table now. Yeah, and the thing is with Arsenal as well is that they put on this magical run of form, but it, it's been built. They've been building on their form. It's not like it's just come out of nowhere. Ramsdale, they bought in the summer. Uh, he started to come come good. Emil Smith Rowe and Saka starting to combine as well. These are things that they've been building on in the past six to eight months, and they're starting now to to see the reward that all the hard work's been 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 getting uh, getting done behind the scenes. Aubameyang starting to get himself in, into shape and starting to put his mind in the right set, kind of mindset. Um, this Arsenal team, you know, you'd have been think, saying at the start of the season after they got smashed 5-0 against Manchester City, you'd be thinking, oh, should, that's three points easily. But now they're coming to Old Trafford and thinking we're going to do the same uh, as what we did last year. They, they, they beat Manchester United at home 1-0, wasn't it? There was that Aubameyang penalty in the in the late second half that kind of very boring game such a god-awful game wasn't it It was really really atrocious to watch it was it was actually tedious you know there's there's not been many games that have been tedious in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's reign as manager but that spell against the top six last season I know there was no fans but that was just got really like tedious watching because it was like what was it three or four nil nils in the big six um but Arsenal very, very good side, getting their act together and they're going to start to be dangerous again. It's almost the importance of winning that game and then heading into that December run as you head up to Christmas because mentioned before on the podcast how much of an important part of the season that is in terms of picking up points and where that can launch you up the table. Because obviously 11 games in, it's still all to play for. That's not a lot of games. They're about, what, just under a third of the season and we're not in a bad position. There's plenty of time to play and there's plenty of games to get points in. But I just think in terms of confidence and managers speak hugely of confidence and energy of their players. And I think that is them two games, Chelsea, Arsenal. Yeah, Liverpool City didn't go well. A little bit of a chance not to redeem, but to start. And this is why the Watford game is or could be a start to build into them games and push on over the winter period. So... That takes us on to the women. They played Manchester City and actually beat Manchester City for the first time in their history, which is an incredible achievement for them. If only, obviously, the men's team could follow in their footsteps and do the same. But they won 2-1 last night at Lee Sports Village in the FA Continental Cup. After, to be honest with you, I always thought it was going to head to penalties. They were 1-1 Like it did last year, didn't time. it? Just to interrupt you, yeah. went to penalties yeah. last year. I was there that night. Were you there that night? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't, but they actually no. did win that one on penalties. They won 4-3 that night on penalties, but I guess it kind of goes down as a draw, doesn't it? They didn't win it yeah. in 90 minutes. But yeah, they did. you are right. They did win that one after some heroics from Emily Ramsey, if I remember yes. correctly. Yep, that was it. But last night, City scored after two minutes, and I honestly thought, Oh, God, here we go. City looked very, very <laughs> strong that first 10 minutes. And then United just seemed to pick up the pace, gain a bit of possession, put passes together, got the equaliser on half an hour. Um, Ivana Fusa, two and two in that competition. And then Ono Batty, her, her goal was incredible. She ran about the half of the pitch, teed up Alessia Russo with a great save from the keeper. And Batty just kept running and then blocked it off the defender and then just kicked it in the net. Just like it was like, oh, if you can't do it, I'll do it myself. And it did take something special 
to win that game. We spoke to Matt Skinner after the game and he was absolutely delighted with his team. And it was great to see them pick up a bit of confidence and hopefully carry that into, into the league and they can push on for Champions League places themselves. And in terms of the academy, the 18s are away at Burnley on Saturday and the under-23s take on Derby tomorrow night if you wanted to follow those. And that's all for us here at Man- your Manchester United fix. Let's hope we'll be back next week with some more good news after the Champions League game and see where we are in the group from then. So we look forward to speaking to you then.